0: Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Thanks for being in the room today. Thank you for joining us online this morning. Well, so many things. I have so many pastoral things to talk to you about. I just wanna make mention just a couple things here. Um, if you've been uh, noticing the news, or maybe you haven't, obviously um, we don't have any capacity restrictions anymore here at the church, so we can come come and gather as many people, and so if you're watching us online and you've been waiting for that, come you can come and hang out with us in the building at nine or 11, uh, we don't have to register for church anymore. How weird was that? It was one of my least favorite things. There was a, I had a bunch of least favorite things around the last couple years. But to think about that we had to have people register for church, and really the only reason we did it is we didn't want to hit capacity and somebody come to church and we'd have to turn them away like at Noah's Ark. So we didn't wanna do that. Capacity restrictions are lifted. Um, obviously, if you've been watching the news at all, they are telegraphing to us that the mask mandate will be lifted. And you might be asking when the mask mandate is lifted, will we have a mask mandate here at church? And the answer is no. But what I will say, if you still want to wear a mask, if you're more comfortable wearing a mask um, after the mandate is lifted, that's okay. We still love you. We're not gonna we're not gonna have an argument line about masks. And the maskers or the non-maskers are not better, it's not a righteous position, it's a choice that you would make. And we love you, we're family, we're not gonna divide over a mask. Can I get an amen? So if you choose, after the mask mandate, to wear a mask, you are no more righteous than the people that choose not to wear one. And those of you that choose not to wear a mask mandate, after the mask mandate is lifted, you are not better than the people who choose to wear a mask after the mandate is lifted. Are you right, are you here? So we're not gonna gonna be upset. We're not gonna judge each other about masks. Just getting that out ahead of time because it's coming soon. (laughs) Have you watched the news? It's coming. Some people are super excited. Some people are super nervous. (laughs) Um, One thing that I wanna mention to you is like two years ago, about this time, we were gonna take two weeks off of church to flatten the curve. Do you remember that? (laughs) and then a bunch of stuff happened and then we found out in our society that church is not essential. Now it wasn't a fight that I was gonna take on at that time but I just wanna let you know in the next little while I'm gonna be getting together with some other pastors and I'm gonna go to our MPP and I'm gonna find out what it takes to get the church into an essential service. And I'm not gonna go in mad. I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna wear a suit. I'm gonna look good. I'm gonna speak intelligently. I won't wear this. (laughs) I do know how to tie a tie. I will dress appropriately for the situation. Because I'm not expecting (laughs) to have a pandemic in the future. And we could discuss that at length. Hopefully other people are preparing not to have that happen as well. But for future generations, if something were to happen in our society, I don't want church leaders to have to deal with what we dealt with because church is essential. It is. It is. It's essential to get together and to worship, and it's essential to get together and have friends, and it's essential um, for your emotional and spiritual well-being to see your friends and to uh, to be there for each other. So, anyway, just letting you know about that. Let's see, what else can I throw at you this morning? <laughs> uh, I made mention last week about um, Ukraine and how the, the organization that we support um, every month financially, um, Samaritan's Purse is already on the ground there. I mentioned Poland. They're now in two other countries surrounding Ukraine to be able to receive uh, the people displaced because of the war. So I just wanna let you know again um, that you aren't there, but because of your generosity, you, you are there. And that's the great thing about generosity. Generosity can take us places that we can not actually go physically. So, and this is why we support Samaritan's Purse. We're not playing catch up when these things happen in the world because we know we live in a broken world and things are gonna happen. There's gonna be disasters and there's gonna be wars and there's gonna be all of these different things. And so we give ahead of time to prepare so that we can respond in these places. So I just wanted to let you know that as well. One other uh, practical thing, Uh, it was so great to see our parking lot almost completely full on this side. Uh, Today, again, I wanted to remind you, or maybe if you're new to the church, if the parking lot does get full um, on this side or on that side on a Sunday morning, the next two lots um, that adjacent to us here at the church are available for us to park at a Sunday. Come early, you can park on site, but if you come a little bit later and it's full, don't drive home. (laughs) there's lots of parking available in the next two buildings. And then last thing before we jump into the message this morning, we had our men's event on Wednesday, and it was amazing. We have a great bunch of dudes here in the church. We gathered together, and we worshiped God, and we prayed, and we had a great time. Now, I I had talked about challenging a bunch of people at ping pong. Now, I was expecting the event to end at about 8.30. And I'm on the board of another church, and they had a meeting Uh, on Zoom scheduled for nine. So I thought, great, I'll have about a half hour to destroy anybody necessary at the ping pong table. But the event ended like right before nine o'clock. So I had to jump on the Zoom call right afterwards. I wasn't ducking anybody, guys, I'm not afraid. If you're wondering where I was, we'll work it out. We'll do it some other time. Anyway, just wanted to let you know that. All right, we are starting a brand new series today called Effective. Effective. And, um, how many of you know it's important to be useful as opposed to useless? You know, I, uh, my wife is actually away right now in Arizona, um, visiting her mother this week and then I'm going to be joining them, um, spend some time together, uh, as a family this upcoming week with my daughters who are down there and then I have, have a pastor's gathering to go to. So, um, looking forward to that. But my wife has left me right now with our two dogs. And I do, I just struggle to think about the usefulness of these animals. (laughs) I get the unconditional love, I get the whole thing. But right now, my whole day is scheduled around making sure you eat and then making sure that you walk to release the stuff that you just ate. It's a little bit useless. It's a little bit of a useless practice. But anyway. Another thing in my life, when I when I go to a decorating store with my wife and she asks my opinion, I'm useless. <laughs> it's a, it's a use, and I and I get she's trying to engage me in the process, but most of the time I'm like, babe, do you really want to know? I think, babe, I just, I just want you to be involved in what we're doing. I'm like, sure, I like this one. She's like, no, I actually like the other one. I'm like, why did you ask me? <laughs> we should want to be useful, and we should, be want, we should want to be useful for God, ultimately. Yes. Amen? Yes. In our relationship with God, that God could call on us to use us for his kingdom purposes, his kingdom ways, his thoughts that he wants to accomplish, and the earth, and I say this and I'm gonna keep saying there's, there's no more important time now for us to be thinking about kingdom ways than now. To be operating in God's kingdom ways, to be useful for the master's use. God, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? How do you want me to think? Because when we, when we look back at, at these last two years, we can think this is kind of like a gap in our lives. And, and, and the time that we've spent Over these past few years, we probably wasted some time, right? It just seems like because of so many different things, man, there was just so much time wasted. We can waste our time. We can spend our time just be doing stuff. Or we can think about our lives as we can invest the time that we have. And when we invest our time, it is actually useful for God. And that's how I want us to think about our lives, that our, our desire should be to be investing our time to be useful for God. Second Peter chapter 1, verse eight says this, for if these qualities are yours, and we'll be talking about what some of these qualities were as we go forward in the series, and are increasing, so God wants us to have qualities in our lives that are increasing. They keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful. In the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So here we have two negative words that the scripture and God is telling us that he doesn't want us to be. So we know that the inverse of those things is what he wants us to be. So he doesn't want us to be ineffective or unfruitful. So what does he want us to be? Effective and fruitful. That our life in God, our, our relationship with God should be producing in our lives a certain Effectiveness not just wasting our time, not just spending our time, but investing our time. Effective and fruitful. So important. Let's go back to the beginning here in Genesis chapter one, verse 26, it says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over the livestock and over all the earth And over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created him male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every." living thing that moves on the earth. So we go back to creation. God's purpose for us is to what? Be fruitful and multiply. In other words, part of the, part of the equation is that you should have children. So I'm gonna give you a simple equation for that to happen. Guys, you need to marry a girl so that you can have a child. Girls, you need to marry a guy so you can have a child. Now, I get there's a lot of permutations and I'm not trying to put anybody down in the middle of these situations. And I know know people and couples struggle with infertility and different things like that, but when we see the purposes of God in our lives, it's actually important for us to know what God wants for us because there's a purpose behind it. And, And partly the reason that I think um, that everybody needs to get married is, is a little bit of this, and I call it the, the selfishness journey. Single people, you have no idea right now how selfish you are. Zero. Pastor Brent, it's not true. I'm so busy. I've I I got so many friends. I've got so many plans. I'm just hanging out with people. Anybody with young children want to be angry in that moment? And the, the the selfishness journey you need to go on is, guys, you need to marry a girl and girl, you need to marry a guy so that you can realize how selfish you are and how self-centered you are about your time. And now God is calling you to invest your time in this other person and to serve them. And there's a realization there, or there should be, <laughs> about how selfish you are. And then, praise God, this gift. A child shows up. And then you really realize how selfish you are because this child needs you to survive, to live on the earth. And all of your time, all of your time and your mental energy is going to keeping this child alive. And you think, I can't believe how selfish I was. And it's a good maturing journey. So guys, single men, find yourself a girl. Don't give up. I know it's hard. I know you've been online. (laughs) We have a young adult group. You can see some girls face to face. Ladies, I know it's hard. I know you feel like there's slim pickings out there. God has a man for you so that both of you can come together and do this. You think, Pastor Brent, you're so old-fashioned right now. You're so old-fashioned in this moment. It's just an antiquated thinking that people should have children. Yeah, you should have a child. You need, I, I, and I'm going to qualify it again, you need to have a child in the proper order that I just described, find the opposite gender, you get married, and then you have a child. And you can discuss all the other stuff about that. The word fruitful, I'm just happy to have more people in the room, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the word fruitful means increased. God wants you to increase, grow producing, God wants you to be productive with your life. Listen to this, a mature edible product. That's what it means to be fruitful. It's mature and you can eat it, you can partake of it. And God wants your life to be like that, that you grow up and you can be mature and your life is meaningful for somebody else's life. And this is why church is essential. A mature edible product. Something to eat and something to sow. And we look at the story that we made in the image of men, that sorry, mankind made in the image of God with moral, intellectual, and spiritual power. All of these things are of necessity for us to be effective and fruitful, made in the image of God. And all of the aspects of our relationship with God make us fruitful and effective. So all these interchangeable terms that we're gonna be using throughout this series, fruitfulness, effectiveness, productive, you're gonna hear this over and over again. And what are these things, what might they look like? What does mature fruit look like? Well, partially, it looks like joy. Mature joy that somebody else can partake of. Not just enough joy for yourself. Mature joy is joy that you can share, right? When you think about fruit that's not ready to eat, what's the story? You can't eat it yet, right? It's not ready. Immature joy is just enough for you. Mature joy is, man, I can share this. I've got enough joy to go around with my family, with my coworkers, with my friends, all of the same things with all of these, peace, wisdom, generosity, grace, honesty, love. All of these things help us to live fruitful lives. So number one, point number one, and I've got five things for you this morning as we finish off this message Point number one is this, be a good tree. Be a good tree. Have you ever traveled um, to a a nice warm climate? I know everybody's thinking about it right now. (laughs) It's actually nice today. It's gonna be cold again tonight. Um, Have you ever gone to a warm climate and like either the hotel you're at or the Airbnb you're at or whatever like has a fruit tree in the backyard? It's amazing. You can go up there and pick it off a tree. That's a good tree. Matthew chapter 12, verse 33 says this. Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you speak good when you are evil? For out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaks. The good person out of his good treasure brings forth good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure brings forth evil. I tell you on that day of judgment of people, I will give account for every careless word they speak. For by your words, you are justified. And by your words, you are condemned. The good tree says good words. The evil tree says Bad words, ineffective words, useless words. Have you ever said any useless words? Now, listen, I know you've had them said to you. Forget about that person right now. Think about yourself. Have you ever said useless words? Non-profitable words, words that you know are coming back and not in a good way. Evil words, the scripture says. But out of the abundance of our heart, what needs to come and what is it going to be if our lives are a good tree so others can partake of the fruit of my life? Encouraging words, love words, words of appreciation. Married people, are you in the room today? If you're married, give me an amen. Look at your spouse right now and say, I appreciate you. That was pretty quiet, my friends. <laughs> appreciate you. Half of it's like a fight on the way to church. I feel it. <laughs> we're gonna go again. We're gonna lock eyes first. Don't do the, I appreciate you. <laughs> let's, okay, let's turn. Wait, we're, not gonna, we're gonna wait. Look at each other. Eye contact. Here we go. I appreciate you. There, a little more heart in it. Gratefulness. Healthy trees. Healthy fruit. This is what God has for us in our lives. The scripture tells us death and life are in the power of the tongue. So what kind of words are we saying? What? What type of fruit am I putting out there? Because we all know we've received some bad fruit. It doesn't taste good. We don't have control over that fruit. The fruit we have control over is the one that comes out of our heart. Matthew seven, verse 16, you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Let's not have a life full of thorn bushes and thistles. Let's allow the word of God to produce something in our lives. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 30. For the fruit of righteousness is a tree of life. Righteousness, right standing with God, right action. All of these things turn your life into a life-giving tree. Be a good tree. And the one who is wise saves lives. Point number two, God chose you. For a purpose. John chapter 15, verse 16 says this. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should abide so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. So why did God choose you? So that you would bear fruit our relationship with God has a purpose. It's not just so you can go to be with him for all eternity. There's some fruit that he wants you to bear right now. There's some change that he wants you to bring to the world right now and the world needs it. Good fruit from the believers. And he wants it to abide. It's not just a one-time thing, it's not just a one year, it's a lifetime thing. That it will abide and it will remain. So this is what God has chosen for all of us. Number three, people who are fruitful are quick to repent. Matthew 3, verse eight says this, bear fruit in keeping with repentance. Repentance is not a bad word. It's a really good word. It's a really good principle to understand. The simple, the way that you can illustrate repentance, it means to to turn around and go the other way. I mean, we could do that physically when we know we're approaching danger, and we're like, no, I'm gonna go the other way. But what about stuff that's coming out of us? The words that we're saying, the actions that we're taking, the thoughts that we're thinking. Repent and turn around. Go the other way. This is part of the fruitfulness of our lives. Repentance is such a healthy thing. Because all of the ways that we think are not golden. Right? Do you know that about your thoughts? I mean, your thoughts can just. When I was talking about the masking, some of you, your thoughts, man, we're traveling. Ready to be angry. And I made you repent, or I should have. I'm gonna go the other way. I'm not gonna divide like everybody else is dividing. We're the body of Christ. We're the church. We're the family of God. We are going the same direction. So we repent and turn around from the things that are not the ways of God. Number four, people who are fruitful filter their thoughts. You should never discriminate against people, prejudge people, but you need to always discriminate against the thoughts coming into your mind. Prejudge them whether or not they should be thought of or not. Is this a good use of my time, this thought that I'm thinking right now? Is it a waste of time? Or is it an investment of my time? I, I talk to young preachers sometime and then I, they ask me, you know, my methodology as it re- relates to my preaching. And I, I start out with this. There is always sermons going on in my head. Always. Just some, a practice that I've cultivated. So, well, how many hours... This and that. I was like, it's hard for me to calculate it because there's always preaching going on in my head. I listen to a podcast every night. I listen to scriptures in the morning. And as I'm listening to those things and, and taking all of those things, this is how I'm wired. They just become things that I think about that I need to preach to you and bless you. Filtering our thoughts. What am I thinking about? Psalm 1, verse 1 says this. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on this law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in season. Everybody say, in season. So all of these things that we think about as it relates to the word of God, the principles of God, the ways of God, all of that produces fruit. Produces fruit in your marriage, husbands and wives. Produces fruit for for you working on your job, whatever you need to do at your job, the focus that you need to have to do your job well, that will produce fruit. Should produce raises. It should produce promotion. It should produce godly ideas, meditating on the law of God day and night. And there's gonna be fruit yielded in season. And its leaf does not wither. And all that he does, he prospers. Word prosper just means to be successful. Would you rather be successful or unsuccessful? It's not not a trick question. Success is the thing we want, right? So what are we gonna do? Meditate on the word of God. Think about the ways of God, the actions of God, the type of tree that I want to be. What are the the things that might take us out of that? Counsel of the wicked, the way of sinners, the seat of the scoffers. You need to filter those things out of your mind. Especially this last one, the seed of the scoffers in our culture right now, everybody is trained to be a critic. Everybody, everybody is trained to be a critic. And here's a good thought for you. You heard this this week. Cynicism is not wisdom. Cynicism is not wisdom. If you can look at a situation and you can find all of its faults and know what's wrong with it and everybody else that's involved with that thing, there's no wisdom involved with that. You can find fault, but wisdom is the thing that we're looking for, to not just be an armchair critic of all things and all people. I don't wanna sit in the seat of a scoffer. I wanna be fruitful in my thinking, my words, and my actions. And finally, number five, people who are fruitful give glory and honor to God. And Barbara, if you are ready, you can come on out and give me some beautiful keys in the background. People who are fruitful give glory and honor to God. John chapter 15, verse eight says this. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So prove to be my disciples. Really important. Jesus has called all of us to be disciples. The great commission is to go make disciples. We are followers of Jesus. This is what we are, disciples. What, what is one of the things here that Jesus is telling us is, is a signifier, amen. What is a signifier for a disciple? What is it? We're gonna bear much fruit. That I can be a really good tree for somebody. That I have mature fruit to share with other people. I have enough peace and I have enough joy and I have enough faith to go around. And if we can have a church full of good trees, shade trees, different types of fruit, different types of gifting, and then we're all just providing something to each other and providing something to somebody who would come into our family and be far from God, that there would be enough fruit to go around. And then there's those times when your tree gets hit by lightning. Something happens. Someone takes an ax to your tree. And there's other trees in the family that say, hey, come on, I'm gonna provide some shade for you. You, you can eat some of my joy right now because you don't have any of your own to speak of because of your circumstances. That, that there's mature fruit in our lives. Because God is calling us to be his disciples and disciples bear much fruit. Philippians chapter one, verse, one, verse 11 says this, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory of praise of God. See, when we live fruitful lives, worship is happening. Honor is happening. Not just you singing the first part of the service, which you should do. But when we live fruitful lives, man, we're honoring God. We're honoring this relationship that He has given to us. We're honoring the sacrifice of Jesus. That He has provided righteousness for us, and the outgrowth of that is a fruitful life that honors God. Last verse, Colossians chapter 1, verse 10 says this So that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. See, these things go hand in hand, bearing fruit, growing in the knowledge of God. Be fruitful and multiply, God, said to Adam and Eve, says to us. This should be our commitment. God has committed to us. We've committed our lives to him. But that we can be this, good, healthy, fruitful, effective tree for God. Let's just pray today. God, we thank you for your goodness today. We thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus so that we can actually stand righteous today in your goodness, in your love and your forgiveness. God, we thank you that all of us, all of that produces fruit in our lives. God, we pray that you help us to be fruitful in the thoughts that we think, the words that we say and the actions that we take because we know this gives glory to you and this is what you want for us as your children, as your disciples. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, we were talking there about righteousness, that word righteousness in simple terms just means right standing with God. And if you are here in the room today and you kind of feel like you are nowhere in your relationship with God, never made Jesus the Lord of your life. If you're watching online, maybe you have that same question, that same feeling. And the question is how do we actually have a relationship with God? Well, the gospel, the good news is all about Jesus. God sent his son, Jesus, born of a virgin, died on a cross. God raised him from the dead. And all of that for us produced righteousness and it just comes as a gift. God just offers it to us. And all we have to do is say yes to that relationship. We're not perfectly moral creatures to offer our holy life to a holy God. So we can't have a relationship that way. And then we can't produce some sort of religion and say, God, I'm climbing the mountain to you. God has come down off of the mountain in Christ and he has made a way for us to know him. So I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. And it's just a starting point of your relationship with God. So if you've never said yes to Jesus today, never made him the Lord of your life, I invite you to pray along with me today. If you're watching online, same thing. And again, this is just a moment. This is a starting place of your relationship with God. God has called us to be disciples, lifelong learners, uh, growing to know him better every day. But if that's you today and you need to make that fresh start today by saying yes to Jesus for the first time, let's all pray together. So church, let's bow our head and close our eyes. Let's pray this out loud, helping somebody that might be praying it for the very first time. So let's pray this out loud together. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead. So I could know you. So today I say yes to that relationship. I say yes to your righteousness. God, I call you my father, Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's congratulate somebody that might've done that for the first time. So great, if that is you this morning and you said yes to Jesus for the first time, we actually have some materials that we would love to put into your hand that will help you on your journey of faith. If you just head to the info desk in the lobby, one of our team members is out there and they would just like to connect with you briefly um, and then give you those materials that will help you. And then if you are watching online and you pray that prayer for the first time, if you would just email us at at info@thecitychurch.ca, and we will get those same materials that are here in the building into your hands. Well, thank you for coming to church today. Uh, It was a great time. I just want to remind... um, Anybody, so that we can get uh, city kids going in our second service. Maybe you used to serve in the team in the past or you're thinking about it again. This is a great time to come back so that we can have all of our families come back with their kids and they can enjoy the service. And listen, the kids will enjoy the service um, so much being in city kids. So, just a shout out to any parents, moms, and dads in the room that you actually have kids um, in city kids right now. It would actually be a great thing for you to think about to serve. amen bear some fruit for some other families hey I'm still happy but you know come on back (laughs) seriously though we specifically with our kids we want man to get our kids back in church and uh, serving them investing into their futures by teaching them about the ways of God thanks for coming to church today you are dismissed have a great afternoon